Hello and welcome to the 10th episode of Culture Terror. I am DK. I'm Lewis, and I'd like to read a quote to start off this episode. What are you going to do? Sigh at me? <laughs> Is that the whole quote? Yes. Where is that from? Uh, somebody who was psyoped. <laughs> <laughs> so because, all of us, yes. Yes, because I want because my kind of broad take, and I will get into refine it, but ISIS was the last great psyop that that was pulled on the American people. Um, after you could argue that there were there are there have been post ISIS psyops, but none of them were effective on everybody and 100% in the way ISIS was. Uh, ISIS was absolutely, uh, just in terms of cultural impact, it basically had, it was, it was like, America it had 100% coverage. It was the Super Bowl of PSYOPs. Uh, everyone tuned in. <laughs> it was the Nash finale of PSYOPs, you know? And it was the finale. That, uh, it, it, you know, arguably after ISIS immediately came Trump, which was a PSYOP, but not for everybody. Uh, or maybe it was in different ways, but the Trump psyop effectively broke like media trust, and ISIS yeah. is a, a product of media trust. Yes, core. Yeah, I was, and then you, with COVID, it got to the point where like, okay, yes, even I mean, both sides of the COVID dialectic have um, you know like been psyop, but just the fact that like one of the main components of the psyop was like, or I guess the for me looking at it the way I think about it. Um, with the COVID PSYOP, like they really did want 100% uniformity. Once they realized early on that there were going to be a large number of people, especially very, it was, it was telling one of the most, most interesting statistics to come out of the whole thing, I think, was the trust in the, th- the quote unquote science, like peaking among people with less than a high school education and PhDs. <laughs> and it was like everybody else, you know, the, everybody else, like those, are the, those are the only ones willing to be like, yeah, I don't know about this. But when you have, I think it was like almost 25% of PhDs, something like that, um, who were not buying the narrative, like I could guarantee you it would have been less than 2% for, for ISIS, right? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, so that already tells you a lot. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's weird because ISIS was effectively like so the Iraq War was over. There was no more Iraq War. American troops left Iraq. You know, we had kind of washed our hands of it. We had installed a nominally pro-U.S. government, but not you know it was kind of a but the, you know we kind of we left on our own terms. Um, and there was kind of wheel spinning. There was the Obama presidency didn't know what to do in terms of wars there was talk of like trying a troop surge in afghanistan and that happened uh but it was didn't really change it wasn't as effective as in iraq and it didn't really capture the cultural imagination because it wasn't like a victory like the surge in iraq well the surge was huge yeah i don't know i think i think for 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 zoomers and younger maybe probably even some millennials like if you know if you were at all politically engaged around between 2005 and 2007 like the surge is something like people i mean it it dominated the the discussion and it was a big yeah whereas like the the so i mean obama was like we're gonna do a surge in afghanistan and 
nothing ever <laughs> didn't really move any kind of needles um like people like well, just to be clear people were libtards were pissed off about the surge right and that was actually a crow in the mouths of the libtards of the of the bush era was because the the libtards were all like whoa this is stupid what which they were right about i mean at that point they're like by that point because they had all been you know it was like whatever 90 to 10 in the senate for to, for the initial authorization and then it started bleeding almost immediately um to the point where, uh, yeah, by like 2005, 2006, it was the really dark days, and it was a it was a very dicey proposition um, politically for Democrats to be in support of the surge. Which then, when it you know when it absolutely you know got the situation basically under control, at least as long as you know the U.S. presence was going to be there, um, that made the libtards look really dumb. And I think that fed also probably into like because Obama, as I recall, didn't really he wasn't he he was like I'm against dumb wars, right? And and yeah, so anyway, yes, uh, so. there was this narrative. It died pretty quick of Afghanistan as the moral war or the good yeah, war, right? Uh, whereas Iraq was this uh, travesty, which is like, well, look, I can tell you as someone at the sense on its well, face, like, here's okay. So from I, I agree with you now and in general. What I will say is, um, you know, at the time, like when Mike was talking the other day about like, oh, you know, the um, the WTO. Protesters, Seattle, 1990s, um, would be considered right-wing extremists today. Like, as a guy who was very much cheering them on from the sidelines, like, I'm, and, and a current right-wing extremist, you know, kind of can confirm. Uh, point being, that's where I was coming from um, politically, and nevertheless, like, I got in an argument with a hippie at the time who was like, George W. Bush is a war criminal because of Afghanistan. And I'm like, look, I'm against the invasion of Iraq. I think the Iraq thing is completely stupid. But like, I mean, come on, like, you know, and and maybe in some sense the hippie was right. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't it's not that George W. Bush isn't a war criminal. It's more like at the time even as as I mean in like 2000 you know as the, like as the military response was happening in real time I could I, I discerned a distinction between the two but maybe that wasn't very common I don't know uh, I mean I don't know I was younger and I was also you know like <laughs> good like Afghanistan like, yeah right <laughs> like, no of course the notion is ridiculous well, and, the, thing and is, the thing is like I also it was like this thing has been on for 10 years like it was like year yeah. twelve of this war. Like, all right, now it's right. the good war. You know? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I was pretty cynical. I was a conservative little kid because I, I grew up in a conservative family, and they're like, "Oh, it's because it's Obama. That's why." Like, all right, like that's how I attracted. I made sense. It's like, oh, the media is pushing this as like the good war because it's Obama. Obama's oh, because it's Obama's thing that he has to deal yeah, with. Now, yeah. yeah, I think it's there was some of that. I think there, there was some of that. Morality onto it. Yes. You know? Yes. Uh, well, and he also, I don't know, he doesn't. I don't know. I, yeah, it's he does. He's just cleaning up George Bush's mess or something. That that all that stuff. It's interesting in retrospect because I didn't really notice it at the time, but there was a really big difference between like pre and post twenty twelve with that stuff. Because um, because I remember to get to the like the main topic, I guess of the episode. But this is all obviously background um, for the discussion. Uh, like when ISIS appeared, it was something that the conservatard press, which I had already started sort of seeing, was like, I'm not. You know, I, I want to be on the right wing, but these people are idiots. And one of the main kind of stupid things that they're doing is attacking Obama for calling ISIS the the JV League, which was like the conservator talking point when they kind of initially popped on the scene. Yeah, that yeah, that was like like Obama's not taking them seriously enough. 
and uh, no one took them seriously. Yeah, no, absolutely nobody took them. Well, why would it? I mean, well, we can get into that, of course. And like, you know, why should anyone have? Except for, I guess, they didn't know at the time that they were at some point then or in the future going to be supplied by Zog with with you know material and medical aid and blah 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 blah. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, Obama was the. the, the it wasn't even so much. I mean, granted, the kind of like there were absolutely they've been libtards, you know, since they they first uh fell down into hell from heaven but like the the uh the division the thing that was it was it was very different in those days i guess is is where i'm going with it and yeah the the um even like the libtard response and the kind of general response i think was was less like no obama you know like taking it seriously as seriously as it needs to be taken and and more like why should literally nobody cares and they were right like russia didn't care turkey didn't care syria didn't care this was before the syrian civil war kicked off or it was right around that time i guess they they, they were did they they emerged before the syrian civil war right or were they purely like so there are dueling narratives yeah i bet there are i bet there are because i was just waiting i was like wait a second <laughs> uh, please so go on the, the mainstream narrative uh that we're not mainstream like the, the media narrative is that they were so the Syrian war civil war happened during as a result of like the CIA's wave of coups and revolutions in the Arab Spring. Um, they tried to kick them off everywhere: Tunisia, Egypt, uh, Iran, and some of them were organic. Probably the one Egypt was probably arguably probably organic um, because they elected a anti-American, and then the CIA cooed them again later. Um, but all these revolutions happened at once, uh, and. Most of them were either put down or they had different, they called new elections or whatever, and they were kind of solved relatively peacefully. Uh, Syria got out of control very quickly in what is generally considered to be either was was probably some CIA stuff. Um, there was bread riots. It was, you know, as, as is common in the Middle East uh, in, in a couple of cities. There was like the price of produce had been increasing. Uh the military went to go stop them and in this in a couple of villages and they started getting shot at and this sparked you know then they shoot people in the village who were shooting at them um they, they people argued they shot the military shot first it's kind of unclear and that's this sparked this multi-faction so the syrian uh, civil war split into a bunch of factions very quickly that that phase i remember very i remember listening sorry to interrupt but just for a second i remember listening to npr as this was happening and it they had some like syrian expat living in the u.s doctor who was in charge of some kind of organization basically like the the libtard lobby group in dc for like syrian libtards or that whole like side of things and it was like npr was like not this guy was like we need to arm the moderate rebels and npr was like yeah it was very strange. Yeah, and uh, that's what would happen. So, like, obviously there are different, uh, just organically, like, Syrian society is a, it is in a lot of ways a, you know, colonial state. Uh, it's a mixture of different peoples and tribes, and also it's got a very strong uh, rural, urban divide and secular nationalist versus whatever divide. There's all these uh, divisions, which we all countries really have. And when the rebels kicked off, it was not unified in the slightest. Uh, so the government is a secular Ba'athist or Ba'athist adjacent government. Uh, so Islamists 
revolted. Uh, moderate libtards revolted. Uh, more extreme Islamists, like uh, radical, you know, Wahhabi. Like well, that's style. that's a, what, what I wanted to like get into a little bit too, is because like so you know as, as, as like before nine eleven is sort of like a different era, kind of irrelevant. After 9-11, obviously, the big name is first Al-Qaeda. Uh, then you start, like, getting some vestiges, especially the Muslim Brotherhood. I remember a lot of conservatard stuff about, like, Obama and the, the Muslim Brotherhood, not versus, like, Obama and, and Al-Qaeda. Al-Qaeda and, the, and, yeah, the Muslim Brotherhood is, like, another. What, what was interesting to me is, as we sort of said, was you were talking about Egypt earlier. When Egypt had their color revolution, which may or may not have been, may have been intended to be, like, a CIA classical color revolution but ended up with the muslim brotherhood government um i I, I guess is it fair to call the muslim brotherhood uh moderate radicals or whatever you want to go i mean they're definitely they are interesting in that they were effectively uh al-qaeda in the 50s and 60s well that's why i'm drawing yes yes very much so and they did like they kind of did the like the gandhi thing where like hey this isn't working we're going to we don't have the capabilities to fight the Soviet and U.S.-backed state of Egypt. It's backed by both states at this point. Right. Um, and the U.K., all- which was still relevant at that point in time. Yes. Um, so they basically turned to non-violence. And they've been... And did very, very well for themselves. Yeah. They, I mean, they <laughs> they had a lot of like first-mover advantages in the when they had the like, snap election, the elections that were called for in Egypt. in that Because they already had an organization that they were used to getting oppressed. They had, but they had a party structure... Uh, it's it's very interesting. Like organizationally, they're quite similar to like a, a communist party. Uh, just the ideology is totally different. But in terms of like, <laughs> they you know they they they'll go underground. They have above ground and below ground people. Uh, you know, and they they're they they were very effective. And there's not there wasn't really an equivalent. Oh, maybe there were. Also, Syria has regional ethnic groups and like even neighborhoods. Yeah. Well, so they also have like sorry. Go on. Point of like in the in cities in syria where there would be like government forces and then like you don't want to call them gangs because they're not gangs but that has a very american like african connotation every little political party and imam and uh what are they what's the sunni equivalent like, or like, sometimes call them sheiks but like sunni or uh shia religious leaders political candidates political parties every little group in most parts of the Middle East has like effectively a paramilitary wing. Even if you're just like a rich guy. Like imagine like a guy in the US owns a couple car dealerships, you know? He might have like 25, 50 guys who work for him if he's in the Middle East who happen to carry AKs and just like because you do their own law enforcement in their little area. Well, I mean, these are the same guys, presumably, like you see firing in the air at weddings, right? I mean, it's just yeah, sort of yeah. my, my cousins and your cousins and their friends. It's, and... Yeah, my cousins and our employees. It, it, it's it's clan. It's like sub clanish, you would call it, I guess. And these all, every group kind of kicked off. Initially, everyone wanted to go independent, and they uh, they start divvying up into factions. And the Syrian government actually just started recruiting these guys. For, like the Syrian government also was a player. Was like the biggest player. And they were, they tried to, you know, get some of these groups together. And the major narrative is that there was one group of very extreme Islamists called uh, Islamic State of the Levant at the time, uh, or Islamic State of Syria, depending on how ambitious they were. And they just 
started winning and recruiting other people because they were the most brutal, the most vicious. They yeah, they and, very quickly became the 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 lightning rod, the center of gravity for anyone who was going to be in any way aligned with any kind of Islamism. Like it, basically, the, like and and then pretty much with you know network effects, if nothing else, um, the libtard faction of the, in the Syrian civil war quickly just collapsed. That there was no and there wasn't even any. Um, like motherhood, uh, motherhood, Muslim brotherhood equivalent. Uh, like, I guess, I guess this would have been the moderate rebel. Well, no, when, when McCain was, when they're talking about arming the moderate rebels, they meant the libtards, but they were just, they never did anything. They never accomplished anything. I don't even know if they ever, like, actually saw any combat other than maybe getting shot oh, no, the, at uh, their lunch the stolen. SD, the SDF, uh, or FF, the, the, that, Syrian Demo- okay. the Syrian Democratic Forces. Which are now a merger of both the like, Kurdish nationalists and the for, what, for oh okay the okay so I'm wrong all right okay interesting there was the free they were called the Free Syrian Army before that I remember yes I remember that too uh, basically so the one of the major narratives about like uh, why ISIS had so much gear is because the Free Syrian Army was <laughs> sh- was shitty and disorganized and the CIA absolutely backed them to the hilt. Yes. Um, so they, but they just missiles. abandoned all this. Equi- Same thing we saw, like the Taliban, which people have caused, which which is a reason why people have speculated, and, and I, I I don't know what to think about the Taliban and the, and all the stuff that the United States left behind there. With the um, with this stuff, it's pretty, I think, incontrovertible with the benefit of everything. Like if if it didn't, if it's when they living leaving behind all this equipment, you're about to to list, uh, yeah, like uh, you know, some of that had to be intentional at a certain point. Sorry, go on. Well, also this the thing is like this. The CIA is, like, good at its job, but also very bad at other parts of its job. And it's very bad at, like, the whole, like... It's good at coups and, like, terrible revolutions. <laughs> I guess you can put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they, they have this idea of, we'll send in the Green Berets and they'll train up these right. rebels to fight. Right. But, of course, in a, like, a 16-way civil war at a certain point, or whatever it was... <laughs> You don't want to send the Green Berets into Syria to train a bunch of guys, right? Because they're going to get fucking killed. So they did this thing where they got these FSA fighters and brought them to America to train with the Green Berets. And then used those guys as their, like, I think like 300, 400 guys. And they, their theory was these guys become, become the core of leadership. Yeah, that's the, the standard. Th- that that goes all the way back for our listeners. That is, like, what their original mission in, is. And that's what they call a force multiplier. And that goes back to the OSS in the second world war was, was like, that's how the CIA, which grew into the CIA. Like that's their original purview. That's why, for example, there were also, uh, Tibetans that were trained and armed by the CIA as sort of like a similar gay up in China. Sorry, go on. Yeah. And they, and the, so once this was done and also kind of before it was done, cause they're the CIA, they don't really care. These guys became points of contact to just ship shipping containers full of tow missiles. And, uh, I believe they bought the, Department of Defense bought the entire stock of the, I think it was the, what's the factory? Is it, is it uh, Swieger? What's the Romanian AK factory? Is it Seeger? They make Wassers. <laughs> they bought okay. the whole, a whole year of that factory. <laughs> wow. Of, of AK wow. And you can see, I think one of the Bulgarian factories too. So there are tons of Bulgarian Romanian AKs all over the country. It's, you can actually, because like, Based? If, you have, if you have autism, you can tell like by the ribbons <laughs> which, 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 sure, which sure. ones they are. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I do, so it works. You know, <laughs> um, it's always Bulgarians, and Romanians, and Syria, unless it's That's like funny. Unless if, it's, a, if yeah, it's a rebel, yeah, yeah. if it's a rebel faction, right? Um, and this is this is what they came out of, but the they didn't like 
they basically operated kind of with impunity, um, which is kind of where they until they uh, they basically made they they, they took all, the whole of the city of Raqqa, which is a large Syrian city. ISIS you're talking about now. I, the day yes. is ISIS. Okay. Yes, uh, and they rolled it up from the Syrian forces. They captured all a lot of tow missiles. Yes. Um, and the there was this kind of narrative at the time that the Syr the Syrian civil war is like bad because it's a war, but it's good because they're fighting for democracy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That I never. No one. I never like heard it kind of laid down. But that is exactly the messaging from the regime, from the American regime. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we, because of also the regime did a similar bit in Libya, and Gaddafi would felt. felt yeah there was that whole gay op too yes right um because libya is it's just you know there's all kind of reasons libya fell faster um for one that Gaddafi doesn't have to have his had to have his own ethnic yeah uh, like hardliners whereas like alawites are 10 to 20 percent yes and this was a point i wanted to make slightly early sorry Assad in power uh so yeah Assad. so we basically the u the nato basically gay opt Assad that he couldn't they kind of like gimped him effectively uh, by threat, ever, ever, by you know, threatening to invade, threatening to take out his air force constantly, uh, in order to, they were hoping that like eventually this thing would spiral out of control and he'd lose, and instead of the Syrian forces, in uh, the gay forces in this cover, in this with this cover uh, winning, it became pretty rapid that ISIS had exploited. We we created this like room for this rebels and ISIS just. Sucked up everybody. They they pulled in all the recruits. They captured all the advanced equipment, and instead of smashing their heads on like, you know, the the strong, uh, fortified Russians Russian kind of back to this point, Syrian government areas, they were going to attack Iraq because Iraq they they knew uh, that Iraq after the U.S. relief was like not even a real state in a lot of ways, uh, and that's kind of when they came big news. Like the everyone was pretty content. That ISIS could run wild in Syria. No one really gave a shit uh, in the West. It was when they basically overturned the result of the Iraq War in like a month that they became part of the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, wait, so this is all the mainstream narrative. Now, you say there's a different narrative? There's a different narrative that's actually 100% true and isn't even contested. That's just wasn't one of the media. Uh, ISIS is uh while it's a you know viciously islamic um they they were founded in 1999 uh they were essentially irrelevant uh they were a, a minor sub-faction of al-qaeda they fought in iraq during 03 well, when Saddam sorry just for- al-qaeda also as i understand it but other people may not be aware is a um basically more of an umbrella organization right it's like very much like a cell structure where in the, like al-qaeda is a kind of name for a cell that like checks out as you know could be whoever could be isis or i guess and but it could be whoever uh it's, it's, a bit it's of almost more of a brand yeah it's like yeah a, yeah, yeah. Okay. it's like the better business bureau of terrorism kind of uh, <laughs> yeah. <seriously. laughs> yeah 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 um, no exactly yeah so they were found in 1999 not too uh effective there were a al-qaeda subgroup um, where they kind of got lucky. Al Qaeda brand terrorism, yeah. <laughs> brought to you by ISIS. So the um, after the fall of after the invasion after the invasion of Iraq, obviously they were not effective. Uh, 
they got very lucky in that there was this uh, prison camp in Iraq, in Iraq uh, where they held a lot of like Ba'ath Party loyalists. And they also uh, kept a lot of these like terrorist uh, imams because they kind of convinced them because they kind of joined forces. Saddam famously. Wait, wait, sorry, sorry. Slow down, slow down. Ba'athists were in prison for how, like, years on end just for, like, what? What? Yeah. No, but I mean, Bath- there were prisons full of Ba'athists in Iraq for a very long time. Because obviously, like, they. Wow. Because they need to create the new state and have it functioning fully before we let these guys back out because they'll just win the election if they come right, back. Right, 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 right. Not because they're popular, just they're organized and they know each other and they have, like, trust networks. When you're trying to make a democracy out of nothing, you kind of you have to basically let the people LARP as a democracy for a while, <laughs> because <laughs> organization trumps like popularity in every yeah, country. Of really, like, yeah, of Yeah, yeah. So, I remember the New York Times talking about debathification, but I didn't realize they had like thousands, tens of thousands, I guess, of people in camps just for years on end. That's oh, yeah. funny. That's and funny. They, they didn't <laughs> I mean... differentiate between people. So Saddam had put a call out to 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 like. The terrorist groups that want to come aid him in Iraq, uh, and a few came, not not insignificant people might have came, and they didn't differ between these like Saddam loyalist terrorists and like Bathist loy Bath Bathist yeah. loyalists. Yeah. So they uh-huh. came in the same camps, and they treated them <laughs> fairly fucking poorly because it was a concentration camp, if you will. Yeah, I mean, sounds like it. <laughs> I mean, and uh, <laughs> eventually, like these groups were kind of like so. There's no bath like ideology in the Islamic State at all, mm-hmm. but this they all kind of became like bath is just like, Arab. Sorry, is secular Arab National Socialism for people yes, who are Pan Arabism, Pan Arab, yeah, Pan Arab National Socialism. Um, so they kind of dropped all that stuff because like they all kind of it was like kind of like the uh Muslim, the Nation of Islam thing where they were all in jail. They had these like pretty high level religious figures, and they all had similar interests like getting out of jail, you know, and resisting, like, the tortures. And uh, it forged them into a pretty tight group of guys who, I think in 2008 or 2009, eventually were released. Um, and they were, and the people, the Ba'athists weren't just, like, they actually probably weren't, they weren't hyper ideologically, right? So, like, the Ba'athist regime of Saddam wasn't, like, a, like, it was, there wasn't, like, a, it was very pragmatist, right? It was kind of, like, Francoist. It was, it, it was very, uh, just that's how it was. It wasn't like ideological. So these guys basically picked up this ideology, but they they were still like air force colonels and generals and like high up trained soldiers. So when the Syrian civil war kick, kicked off, all these guys uh just went over Syria and kind of they were they were able to win. And one of the things that's not in the media is that they they were winning early on, not on the strength of like their faith per se or their like moral confidence uh they were just tactically better at their jobs uh than everybody like isis is the only middle eastern group that i've ever heard of in like the post-2000 era that were doing like uh world war one style trench raiding of other people like night infiltration like you know where you army crawl from 6 p.m to you know 4 a.m so you're really close and you then you all charge like this stuff is difficult to do especially difficult to make arabs do it uh they just don't like it it's hard work it sucks uh, but they had this core of like militarist discipline from these 
Bathus guys. Um, and also, also these guys were Iraqis, so they knew that like the Iraqi state was a joke, but that the U.S. So they became the most effective force in Syria because the average Syrian militia fighter is pretty shitty. These guys are actual Western-trained style officers from Saddam's army. They're Saddam's army wasn't designed to fight the U.S. It was designed to fight in these kind of bullshit wars. So they were very successful. And they knew Iraq would be easy not to crack because, you know, they, they had dealt with it. They knew what the Iraqi military was, and they knew what it wasn't. And that's why they, how they managed to invade Iraq. And that origin story is, like, the official origin story, but it's not what was taught in the media. They were they were pushed out as these, like, kind of bloody-eyed fanatics. Um, not like a serious discipline force. And unfortunately, they've kind of merged into, into those fanatics because, you know, eventually the the, the, the Bathist core got killed over time. And they've, towards the end, That's unfortunate. Yeah, but also, like, you know, they weren't, they weren't, like, identical Bathists. They weren't, like... Yeah, sure. Know, yeah, Bathists yeah. Bathists or whatever. <laughs> you, know, you know? Yeah. And, and that's what, like, really happened. The, when you get to the... People are, guys on our, on our uh, there's a lot of like takes on what, what actually was going on, and I think it's more organic than people give it credit for. Uh, I think they were a faction of the war of the Syrian civil war that was supported because they were a faction of the Syrian civil war, and the media campaign was actually them like wrapping up the gay op, like oh fuck this thing got way out of control, we better, you know, turn the whole world against them and destroy them. Um. I think I think that's the I think that's what I, I don't think they were from the start intentional. Um, yeah, I think that's probably right. I I mean it 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 yeah I mean it would be weird and kind of counter. I mean it would you know I have I have the 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 I, so maybe so let's get into this because I I'm actually not that um, knowledgeable on this side like I mean I just I guess uh, I do the Borzoi meme bad thing of like taking you know things people say kind of at their word without necessarily looking on it on this particular issue um but i mean at a, at some point isis was receiving indirectly quote unquote support from the american government no or at least the israelis the no? israelis have admitted to it okay um there you go indirectly or directly du- uh direct Direct. But not direct. They, they, wow. they like they, <laughs> they claim non intentionally. All right. They claim they were just helping Syrian rebels, and some of those guys happened to be in ISIS. And um, they just didn't know, or they would have gonna, or they just, just didn't care and helped them anyway. It was kind of a mission. It was weird. You you remember the when this when the former head of the Mossad admitted this? Like, it, it I remember the. Scene. That's what I'm saying. I remember like the headlines, and I remember people talking about it in our thing. Well, and the video it, is, is weird because he's not under pressure at all. He's just like talking in front of a group. It's like, hey, did the Mossad? What was the Mossad's mission on the Syrian civil war? And he goes, oh, we were gonna, we were helping rebel groups in minor ways. Obviously, this the, the Iraq, Israel is at war with the Syrian government and has been since like the seventies, officially. So, you know that was, their position was anything to hurt them. We gave medical supply, medical uh, supplies. If they if they crossed the border into Israel from Syria, we would like patch the Mac up and send the Mac out. And they asked him, like, were any of those forces ISIS? And he goes, oh, yeah, some. <laughs> Which was like... Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> so yeah. it's like, it's weird because it, it's true because it's like, it's an admission against interest, right? Yeah. But it's also like, 
I don't know, like, what is he do, trying to do? Because he is the former Mossad head, and he didn't leave on, like, bad terms, it seemed. Uh, is he just, like, flexing? Like, yeah, we can help who we want to help, you know? Um, who knows? Well, I can see the sort of background... But, the, like, the, the, yeah, the sorry, major US aid they got was... Matt, there was just massive, massive deliveries of aid to the uh, moderate rebels. Who then just who promptly turned it over. Turned it over, sold it, surrendered... To ISIS, uh, ISIS, you know, managed to get their hands on it. Uh, and that was, and then the second big, the big influx of aid was the uh, Iraqi army that was securing the border with Syria and Iraq. Uh, simply didn't stand and fight. Right, they, I remember they, that too. Evaporated. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they got f- armories full, abandoned. T- it was. I mean, Iraqis know how to fight like a conventional war yeah they're not yeah they're not the best like they're not great at it you know <laughs> just not like with their forte and especially because they were in Kurd, they were sunnis and shias in Kurd, defending kurdistan at because kurdistan is like that northern part with syria and they didn't really give a fuck like about defending kurdistan you know <laughs> yeah right so they just left. I'm going to defend the Kurds from like the, you know, hardcore Islamists. Like no thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hardcore Sunni Islamists too. Like Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. and that's one thing that's kind of uh I don't I, I don't if you if you're on the ground in that part of the world ISIS is still like talked about poorly, but like Sunnis are they're not. They're not like a. They don't hate them. You know, like, right. like oh, yeah. <laughs> maybe they're a little those, too enthusiastic. Oh, they're causing problems. <laughs> those knuckleheads. Those knuckleheads just acting up, causing problems. Uh, I was in a very pro-U.S. <laughs> part of Iraq uh, at one point, and I later found out that part, which was pro-U.S. at that time, was also, uh, and it was a Kurdish majority part, the greatest source of all for of all the Kurdish regions in the. Like period, it had the highest ratio of uh, not ratio of absolute in absolute terms that the the most Kurdish recruits went to ISIS. Like everyone, like ISIS was very popular. Like there are, if you if you are a Kurd, Kur, Kurds are a Sunni, even though they're kind of not. If you are a religious person and in that part of the world, and ISIS took over, it was considered like obligatory that you join. You know, they, they people voluntarily joined this group. They weren't like. They were. They were. I mean, they, they were. They were a state. I guess is how you put it. Like, if you get, if you take take it over by, you know, if you live in Alsace Lorraine and you're a German nationalist and the the Nazis take over, you, you join them. You know, it, that's kind of how it was. Like, it, they were a state. They they issued money. They had a coinage. They had taxation. Yeah, I remember all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, they. You know, they were. They were what they were. Uh, but I, I, it's more interesting to talk about like the cultural gaps. Because yes. Yes. The amount of gay ops. So once they created this enemy after they invaded Iraq, because people who like, you know, so the libs hated them, right? Because everyone, well, there was like lots of footage of like them. They're really the mean against the gays, man. Did you see them throw this gay was, off the rooftop? But it was also like they made Obama look fucking stupid. Yes. 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 And yes. that really like. 
people, I don't think people understand because they don't do it for Joe Biden quite the same way. Like, the media was 100% like the Obama defense force for eight years. Uh, and... Well, and they're to speak to the ISIS gay up. Yeah, sorry, go on. Objectively, this was like a bad, like, he left in Iraq, yeah. declared victory, yeah. and then what? within three years, it's like, there's oh, it's wait, literally yeah. a, a, a terrorist state. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, and, and it's just what I was going to say is to speak to, like, the, the magnitude of just the ISIS gay up and the effect it had. Uh, they're trying to do the same thing with Joe Biden. It's just not working. So like I, whatever, like this, this, I think this is really the critical, like, like the fact that I, this, as you say, this terror state was, was able to emerge from the, you know, within the context where like everybody is, you know, we've, we've solved Obama. Remember, like, again, put yourself in the, in the mindset here, like 2008, Obama's whole thing was like, we've solved racism. <laughs> like that was the pitch. Uh, and that was the message, and that was the inauguration speech, and and we've solved racism. You know, we've re- we reaped the peace dividend, and yes, there's these like last little kind of things, and everybody was like lockstep in. I mean, the media wise in in trying to present this, just you know, it, everything is great, and like our biggest concern is do we have a public option or not in our in our in in our in our medical system, and then and then suddenly this thing that. Um, Again, like for especially at the time, you're talking about ten years removed. From, like now, nowadays, I really feel, especially after COVID, uh, 9/11 is almost kind of a meme. But um, at the time, even in the end of the 2010s, in the early 2010s, people were still traumatized by it in a very visceral way. Um, so, and I and I think there was, and, and the boomers were much younger, right? They were ten years younger plus. Um, so they hadn't quite I mean, started dying. Yeah, the- Obama is a boomer. Yeah, exactly. Yes, 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 exactly. Uh, so, so with with the uh, with 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 the I think with the trauma of nine eleven still very much like a, a thing that people were were dealing with, and the boomers that you know kind of grew up in Reagan's eighties uh, and then had to you know see that explode on live TV. Uh, you know, to see the, I thought we had this over, you know, and, and, and I mean, also there were a shitload of surge veterans. Yes. Who watched Fallujah get retaken. Right. Like in front of their fucking faces. And you know, there were like three Fallujah, there were like three Fallujahs, right? There was like, it's the big one was the second. Yeah. The big, the, the, the the famous, the one that we'll get there supposedly going to release at some point. The video game about is the second. Uh, Yeah. All right. Rest in peace. It memed culturally. It memed a lot of things into reality. ISIS, most of what is like the idea of giving a shit about Kurdistan, <laughs> as someone who has been in Kurdistan, like it's a nothing. It is Kurdistan is very small. It has maybe historical reasons to exist and ethnic reasons to exist, but the idea that like America should ever like that. It's going to be like anything other than like an American satellite. Uh, it, it's it's like it's not, it's too small to be a real country. Uh, Kurds themselves are not necessarily loyal to Kurdistan first. Liechtenstein and Andorra survive at the sufferance of like you know France and Germany and Spain and shit, right? Like, yeah. uh, I mean, Germany annexed Luxembourg in the World War Two, effectively. Yeah, and right. Then, they had that was part of the deal was they had to be under and no one gave a no one gave a shit. Yeah, right, right, right. So they so Kurdistan would have to be in that kind of a relationship, which they just don't have with their neighbors. Yeah, 
and also in in but like the propaganda was wall to wall you had the uh the female kurd kurdish peshmerga fighters um all these videos these women with these sniper rifles old men uh running around you know all this propaganda about these they were trying to resurrect it like we don't need to send boots on the ground because we have people there who are competent but they actually maybe weren't really that competent and relied a lot on uh you know u.s air power to be competent uh which is like will make anybody good you know it's like the joke about like well how do you stop a bank robber it's when you tell superman to stop him you know like it's not <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like yeah no shit of course you're good i mean i could i mean i could go into like personal stories of like which will briefly i'll get into like uh so Kurdish uh, light infantry tactics are very unique. They're Should you really? I, I, I'm going to have to edit all this out. Go on. No, this is fun. This is just, this all is right. like almost comedy, dude. All right. Kurdish light infantry tactics are uh, very poor. They're not well developed. Um, they are arguably like similar to World War One tactics of the Italians, where. Kurdish officers are young and very stupid and aggressive. And when a Kurdish infantry element platoon comes under fire, um, their their job is to determine if they need to retreat and then they should retreat, or to charge head on. The rationale being they will charge like head on and break them and win, or the officer will get killed, in which case to avenge him, the men will charge harder and win. And it's almost impossible to train this out of them. What is uh, more, to tra- to, yeah, of course, to train what out of them? Sorry, to train Wisconsin. what out of whom? Oh, oh, yeah, no, whole, I mean like, that. This is their tactical. So, like, what, like, what is unit morale as a concept? Kind of. Well, well it's very high. <laughs> really? It's extremely. It's well, because because no, well, morale is a measure of willingness to fight. Okay, it's not a measure of anything. I know, I understand, I understand, but and I mean, I, they are willing to fight and die more than anybody else. But you can see how like. These guys would kind of get picked apart by, sure, a more conventionally like ISIS was a more conventional force uh, that was also high morale, right? Like ISIS also had, was very high morale. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. And it, these tactics, these tactics, you know, didn't quite work. Uh, you know, Kurdish, the Kurdish, Kurdish military is like not a joke because this is these these tactics work against other people in the region. Like they're they're functional, but unless you have massive you know industrial heavy, base well heavy weapons it will not well i mean they have well, the yeah. u.s as the industrial base yeah. like once they got u.s heavy, heavy weapons to support that's this, what i'm saying yeah fine. and then yeah but if you don't have a heavy, heavy, heavy weapons advantage to like account for the massive personnel losses you're going to take doing this uh it just doesn't work and that's what isis was able to pick apart because like that's not just current that's like everybody in that region their conventional understanding is bad and ISIS has a was had a superior understanding of like conventional weapons than anybody else, than anybody in the region. Uh, they were they were using suicide drones. Uh, they were using like uh, they were using suicide uh, regular drones like off the shelf drones to coordinate um, like suicide vehicles. And there are just I mean reams and reams of footage online. You could I mean hours I of ISIS footage of, of drones guiding a guy in a pickup truck full of explosives into like 
a Syrian army with weapons depot or a, a west or a compound or a, any kind of position, and uh, they would, that's how, and they used like that tactic, which is very low investment, it's just bombs and trucks, and to defeat you know superior Syrian forces and take their stuff, and uh, that's why they were so good, and that's why they had all this propaganda because they they were they were using off the shelf drones to film their fights in a way that's probably that's going to be the norm in the future. Like wars are going to be propaganda is going to get much better for everybody because everybody's going to have these little quadcopters above what they're doing. Fifth generation warfare, baby. It's all yeah, about I mean, media. It kind of is. And <laughs> uh, managing other, populations, minds, man. Yeah. And there were some scandals that allegedly, uh, what's the name of that? Do you remember this when that happened? This all broke where this think tank got caught. Um, so their shtick was they were like a policy analysts for about Middle Eastern terrorism and somebody like hacked them and they had in their, on their servers, a ISIS propaganda video, like two weeks before it was released. <laughs> and the theory was that they were making like this thing was actually making prop- ISIS propaganda. You remember, you remember the story? No. Oh, oh, oh yes. They had like professional help with their with their like meet with their with like the production team or something right yeah and it was like this think tank either had somehow acquired it quickly which implies they have like isis contacts or they right. it themselves or right 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 yeah no it was like it was like it, as i recall it was, wasn't there was some kind of was it the israelis or something there was some there were obviously there was a jewish angle but uh, I don't remember precisely what it was. It was some NGO, dude. I mean, oh, NGO. Who knows? I mean, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Right. Non-Gentile, Non-Gentile or- organizations. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I do remember that. And I remember that. And that actually made some waves in, like, conservatory Twitter land. Not as, you know, it, it wasn't allowed to really – nobody talks about it. Um, but I, I do remember that sort of – people were scratching their heads like, what? It's yeah. like, well, so, and I kind of got, I got tracked into the whole Kurdish thing that the Kurds became like our fake boots, boots on the ground. But we also like, didn't tell the public, but boots were put on the ground. Like there were, that wasn't even a secret. As I recall, even as it was happening, the statement in the press was the press, you know, the statement, the, the president's statement is no boots on the ground. But there are actually. But, By the but, way, last week we lost seven guys. Right. Yeah. And like that was, and it was presented one hundred percent seriously, and everyone they kind of bought it. It's like everyone sort of like. Well, I just think they were just like what? Like everybody. I think the implicit agreement was, you know, if it's seven hundred green berets or whatever, like nobody really is sort of like they signed up for that, and there's no draft, and I have you know reality TV product to consume, you know, like sort of like whatever. Yeah, and the, also, like, and that was, and, like, when you put, so there's also this, like, thing, and this is not a secret at all, but where, like, when you deploy, like, special forces, it is different, right? Oh, of course. It's different for, it's different forces. legally for one, right? I mean, there's all well, sorts special, of... Because special forces don't, and never have operated alone. Like, you don't send, like, yes. the 12 guys out. You right, send, like, right. a whole support network. And yeah. those guys can also do stuff, because they're soldiers. Like, right. yeah. so you end up with... Uh, the uh, well, pretty notorious and recently came out like the, the strike cell, which were like guys that were supposed to be calling out targets for the you know helping the helping the special force guy call in airstrikes that just happened to get assigned to their own stuff and do a lot of this stuff on the, you know themselves, even though they weren't like they were just regular military. I think they're Marines, 
What did they do? What happened? What's the scandal? Their job was to paint targets and call in airstrikes. Okay. And uh, they ended up, they were supposed to be doing like in support of special forces, but they ended up just doing wherever because wherever ISIS happened to be. And uh, they they got basically they essentially admitted to killing a lot of civilians um, because they were more cavalier about uh, rules of engagement type stuff. Yeah, like essentially they were ca- you like you're as you as you observe a building, especially if you're calling in like any kind of support, you're supposed to observe like who is in that building, right? Like who's coming and going. And they'd be like, oh, you know, we saw, you know, five kids enter that building. We saw two adult males, two females. And they uh, they were tracking this. And generally, it's you're not supposed to, like, bomb buildings with kids in them, you know? And they, because I, probably because of how propagandized they were and how, the, how ISIS was like, oh, this is this, this massive threat, they were just, you know, they... they, they they were calling in airstrikes where there, there were kids in these buildings, and this was mostly in. Also, was also mostly in uh, like the Fallujah area, which is pretty built up, like apartment complexes and buildings and stuff. Uh, as Iraq goes, and they, it said it came out like last, like a few months ago, they were just killing a, a lot of people died. It's the the reports that were redacted. There's no official count, but you know, they were propagandized and the thing ISIS was the worst thing on earth, and it died. And like they 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 it, ISIS was killed by, you know. American overkill, like all that, like LARPing about, like, oh, if we only bomb the shit out of the Taliban, they'll never come back. Like, they actually did that to the to ISIS. ISIS was effectively bombed back to the Stone Age. And uh, despite the whole no boots in the grounds thing, when I I ended up joining up around that around this time, and I was told in no uncertain terms <laughs> that I would die in Syria <laughs> in training, which is hilarious, looking back on it. But uh, they were told they were telling us, oh yeah, you're. They said uh, Syria has the most landmines per capita of any country on earth. You're gonna lose your legs, and that was just like to fuck with you. But it, apparently, it's true. Um. <laughs> Jesus. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, there are troops in Syria to this day. And yeah, it's yeah, not a secret. Sure. It's not a secret. Yeah. No, none of this is secret. That's uh... which gets into the ISIS gay op because they they rolled it up. They, they, it was a gay op initially. They rolled it up. And it's transitioning to this kind of second stage gay op, right? Where the NATO mission is ongoing in Iraq and Syria. And its mission is to defeat ISIS. ISIS, like, doesn't exist anymore. It's There's a couple prison camps. Once again, come back to prison camps. There's a few prison camps full of ISIS fighters and their families. And that's it. Like, they're not a, they're not a factor. They don't have a state. They don't have any territory. ISIS doesn't really exist. But the U.S., and NATO mission remains to prop up, you know, the the Syrian Democratic Forces in Syria and the puppet Iraqi, Iraqi government and puppet Kurdistan because of ISIS. ISIS has come to the excuse to do forever, forever war again, uh, and that's and that's all that's all it's doing. Uh, that's all that's all we're that's all the official mission is is fighting ISIS, a thing that doesn't exist. You did invest in Lockheed stock, ten. Yeah. 20 years ago, right, Anon? Yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. So what, where, where, so where from here? Where, where does ISIS, where does ISIS go from here? Uh, so ISIS, uh, seems to be, just speculation based on what they're doing, is prison breaks. 
is they basically oh yeah I've seen this this has been this is like really recent this has been the last couple months they 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 start heating up they they've always been trying to do this it's it's in the news like it's not secret like they'll try to slip some AKs into into a refugee camp and you know occasionally they'll get they'll get, they'll get somebody you know uh, and most recently had their most most successful they did have, they had a major breakout they actually got like yeah that's what I was talking about they got like thousands maybe like ten thousand dudes or something like that right oh uh, I think like a thousand they they captured okay it was less than, like, all right. it was, I think it, yeah. It's hard to get a strength distance sure. because, like, sure, of course, who's ISIS? Yeah, are ISIS? Yeah. How many of them are men of fighting age? Uh, the if you ever if you, if you haven't listened and uh, you and the audience to um, the myth of the 20th century guys have uh, some of the um, some ex SF guys who were active in Afghanistan a couple times on as guests and they talk a lot about how um, I mean it's great stuff and you should listen to it but they talk those guys in particular uh, the point here is they talk about how like yeah you know the Taliban ISIS a lot of this is sort of like if you if you're a young man with a you know cheap and readily available firearm who wants to do anything from kind of feel cool for an afternoon to live a life of crime like you know there's sort of you could slap an ISIS thing on yourself and call yourself ISIS, or I don't know about the ISIS. They're talking about the Taliban. I presume it's very similar. Um, and you know, and then if if the American align, as long as you aren't in the actual hierarchy, if you know the American aligned whoever comes by and is like, "Hey, are you ISIS?" Like me, I never heard of them. Um, and and it's sort of flexible in, in these kinds yeah. of ways. Well, the, the, that's what it's how the ISIS, the ISIS didn't have any of that flexibility because okay. they were trying to be a state, right? Uh huh. Was that for so, the fighters, or or, just, or or you mean as well, or? Uh... Well, well, yes. Like you couldn't join ISIS and unjoin them. Okay, interesting. You would right. join them for life, right? Like they would, and they would have a record of you, presumably. Whereas the Taliban, you could like literally fight for a summer for them and fight next summer for the Afghan army. Yeah, right. And then, yeah, yeah. Like, and no one gave a fuck. Yeah, and they didn't care because they they like they they weren't centralized enough, arguably too too. Stop to care, to be able to care, right? Yeah, sure. Um, whereas ISIS, you know, ISIS had like ISIS was doing like uh, they were on, like it's kind of sad, but like they were going to areas and finding uh, like teenagers who were like mechanically inclined. Who it's quite common in like that part of the world, like rural, like obviously adults can't get it, but like kids in poor parts of like the Muslim world and you know any kind of third country, they get they're getting, they've gotten pretty good at like you know fixing up iPods and shit and small electronic work you know it's a good something a kid can do a teenager can make a little money and it's the same but it's like usually it's for you know fixing tvs or you know keeping your ps2 running or whatever but the same principles apply to like making bombs right it's just making circuits right so they were like find these kids who are mechanically inclined in these villages and they turn them into bomb makers and those Kids were like, uh, you know, basically drafted, and they and like, uh, there's all kind of, you know, footage of them captured, being captured by uh, the Iraqi army and the push back up north, and they're like, ah, listen, I, so sorry, but I didn't really have a choice, and some of them actually ended up sparing because like, you know, it's different, it's different, right? Like, I they, they they can tell who's like a committed fighter and who's not, but there were definitely a. Uh, they 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 were a state. They had a draft. They had like a, effectively a draft, if you will. There were a lot of volunteers, obviously, but a lot of people fought for them because and so they they didn't have this thing where they could like melt away. You were effectively kind of marked. 
um, by affiliation with them. I see. Okay, so that is quite different. Yeah, that is yeah. that is definitely different. And I'm sure some people did. I'm sure manage dessert or you know scrub their names. But I mean, when people underestimate how much they were of state they had currency they had like weapons manufacturing they had they were made their own mustard gas i i want to i want to i don't know i was i was looking for a place this is probably the place to uh uh, without i mean you know revealing too much i i um there was a period i don't know it was like a weird thing where uh i i wouldn't exactly say that i uh like it was apparent to me that whatever isis was doing was blowing up zog's like they they were redrawing the lines on Zog's map, and Zog didn't to me at that point seem very happy about it, and I like that, <laughs> you know. It gave for me personally, it gave them a kind of bad boy credibility, um, which you know I, I'm not an Islamist, I'm not Muslim, I'm not you know, and I I'm sure I have, um, but you know say whatever else about them, they have moral confidence, they have the courage of their convictions, um, and you know okay they're willing to work with. Uh, literal Israeli intelligence and, and, um, and so on. And, and, you know, that's interesting. Um, but it's, it's for a brief moment, at least for me personally, they were, they were a kind of cult countercultural icon and, and uh, I'll always love them for that. (laughs) (laughs) That's, you know, that is, I don't know, I guess you, you know, were you doing like anorexia at the time? So, sorry. Was that during your NRX period? Or? Yeah, basically, yes. I mean, they were like monarchists at a certain point. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly my point. They're the- there's you know they're doing like they're doing theocratic NRX stuff kind of. I mean they're they're fighting you know at least on paper Israel and the United States. Like what else do you want? <laughs> you know. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway. Um, okay. Well, I think that's probably. I, do you think oh, my last question? Do you, so, do you think they'll return to that? Do you think they're these recent jailbreaks maybe put them on a trajectory to um, to maybe start doing some of that statehood stuff again, or, uh, no, or are they no? Because the, I, and I think to keep that down, we've had troops in the region will forever. Like I don't think sure will ever. And also, it, it was also the one thing culturally it was the last gas with like the coalition. So the coalition had like slowly kind of disappeared right after. What coalition? You mean the coalition to invade Iraq? Yeah. Uh, okay. Everyone. Poland. Don't forget got, Poland. Yes, like the band got back together for Iraq. Uh, they, for for ISIS, I mean for ISIS, like the band they got the band back together. They had all kind of countries more than they actually had for the invasion, and I think the Gulf War as well. Like every little like Japan jumped in. It was wild. They were like sixty something countries. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. I have a T-shirt with all, all the flags on it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like in like also like what is. I think it was just like some some people just like express support, you know. Like uh, I don't, I, I, I don't that many countries wouldn't actually like be affected at a certain point. But uh, after that, because it was also this weird phase where U.S. hegemony hadn't. So like it was obviously kind of there were issues with it, but China wasn't hadn't kind of like. Yeah, no, they were not. They were not. Russia kind of was a little bit, or at least there was a big awareness that they might be again in the near-ish future. But China was not on the board, and yeah. and yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. So okay, so you just think that that so the American Empire dies in the Levant. Fine, goodbye. Okay, by me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's just, it's. You know, I think 
Like, it's weird because they're, they're, you're never going to see anything like them again, I don't think. Or in terms of, like, the, the pure meat. Like, there's no one on Earth was doing, like, trying to understand them or whatever. It was just, like... It's like a random... It's like, imagine if a random internet meme ideology lucked into billions, if not trillions of dollars of the best military equipment that the United States could provide. Yeah, right? And it also, and also, like... like <laughs> It was like they, it was they were treated in the media as if they came down from a different planet to a certain extent, right? Because they were like fighting Al Qaeda too. It yes. Was like the, yes. It was, yeah, they didn't. Was, yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like almost like a meme. Like it was this thing you're allowed to. And I think now with media skepticism just so high, any kind of horrible thing will always have people will now have people just like not supporting it outright, but like very much second guessing. <laughs> Ooh, he's bad. <laughs> anyway, uh, I got to go, um, but this has been great. Um, I hope everybody enjoys, and we will talk to you later.